0: My beloved in Jesus Christ, our Lord, happy Mother's Day to all our mothers and grandmothers, our godmothers, and all who have acted as a mother in any capacity. And we, ask, we say um, congratulations, and we give thanks to God for our mothers that are living, and those who have gone to rest in receiving their eternal reward in our Lord. I have fond memories of my mother. and. Uh, Or I'd like to look at her picture and I think of all the wonderful things that she did for our family. Were we perfect? Were things perfect? No, but she did her best, and for that, I give thanks to God. This Sunday, we hear about this woman from Shechem in Samaria, and we heard about a well. And to all those in the area... It was known as Jacob's well. It's been known as Jacob's well for generations and generations and generations. People have come from all walks of life to draw that water for themselves and their flocks and their crops. But to this woman, that well had another name. That was the well of despair. The way her life had turned, she had become ostracized. And she would end up walking every day at noon, the hottest time of the day, she would walk the path of humiliation, carrying on her shoulder the jar of shame. And every time she got to the well, the well may have seemed more like a tomb than anything else. How many times has she died there, wishing for change, praying for something to be different? It was like a thousand deaths that she died at that well. But the time was right, and we see that Jesus has come. And knowing her heart and knowing that the time was right, he asked her for a drink. And we can see the kind of woman she was. She was a bit of a spirited woman. And she came back at him. How is it you, a Jew, is going to ask me for a drink? Instead of just giving him water and walking away or just walking away, she came back at him with a question. And Jesus took it up. If you knew who it was was, that was asking, you'd have asked him for living water. And she comes back at him again. Where are you going to get this water? This well is deep and you have nothing to draw water. But something in those words started to burn in her heart. Something in the presence of Christ began to change her. And Jesus went again with the words, those who drink from this well, this well of death, will always be thirsty because it will never fulfill you. It will never satisfy you. It will never make you whole. It will never make you anew. But the waters that I give will be like a wellspring flowing up inside you. And then it comes that moment. That moment of conversion, that moment of repentance, that moment of forgiveness. Jesus recognizing that breach that point in time that is going to be a make or break for her, however she responds, he says to her, go call your husband. And she responds truthfully. She doesn't tell the whole truth. As we heard in our stickity last night at Vespers, she didn't tell him about the husband. She merely told her the truth of her present moment. I have no husband. And Jesus says, you've had five husbands and the man you're with now is not your husband but what you've said is true and we can see the change in her because now coming back with question for with every question and she answers with a question she says i see you are a prophet and thus begins her journey and God starts to talk to her about this new life that she feels beginning, that is beginning in her heart. By doing away with the old, you worship what you do not understand while we worship the Jews, and we understand what we worship. Salvation is from the Jews, but there is a time coming. In fact, it's right in her midst when you will worship in spirit and truth. And then she says, we know there's one who's coming, the Messiah, who will tell us everything. And he seals it all. He crowns his forgiveness with the words, the one who is speaking to you, I am. I am he. Haon is in the Greek, is what was in the text. At that moment she had a resurrection. She rose from the tomb of our shame, of her shame, she rose the tomb from the tomb of her despair. She was completely changed. The apostles came, it was as if she was oblivious to them. So overwhelmed with this new life that she had been given, She turns her back on the grave of that well, and that path that was the path of humiliation became the procession of haste as she ran off to proclaim the good news of what God has done for her. Come see the man that told me everything I ever did. And we know that her conversion was authentic because tradition holds that she went out and as proof of her conversion, a proof of her resurrection, she went throughout her area and then off to Africa and then up to Nero himself and proclaimed what Jesus had done. She had a prefigurement of the resurrection right there at the well. She was dead when she arrived to the well, and when she left, she was a new creation. You and I, every time we live our lives, every day we get up, we have something, we have a well in our lives, that we find ourselves always falling into. Some passion, something that keeps dragging us down. And the only way we're going to get out of it, whatever it is, and we all have it, if we take in the time to reflect on our own spiritual life, how can I get out of it? How can I get out of this sinful habit I find myself in? How can I get out of this form of thinking that I'm always in, that is always so negative, that is always so harmful, that is always so hurtful to myself and to others? How do I get out of it? And we learn from the Samaritan woman that we get out of it. how we get out of it is by approaching Christ with truthfulness and in humility. You know, there was more going on there than just words spoken. Because the word spoken had a presence, and that presence was the divine logos, the very word of God. Every word Jesus spoke had presence. And every word He speaks changes hearts. And that's what we must do. As we're working through our lives and working through our challenges and working through our own deaths, striving for our resurrection in whatever it is, our depressions, our despairs, our anxieties, our worries, our hurts, our angers, our frustrations, whatever it may be, We come to Him in humility, we come to Him in our prayers, but we have to be aware of ourselves that there is a presence there, and be convinced of it, as this woman was. I am the one, I the one speaking to you, am He. Then we can start to change. We can allow ourselves to be resurrected. You read scripture and it's just not words on a page. What makes it different from all other words from all other novels is the fact that it is powered with the Word of God. It is His life in it. It is His power in those words. That's what makes the divine liturgy so efficacious. It's not just man's words, otherwise nothing would happen but they're pregnant with the power and presence of God. And we have to remind ourselves of that. And we have to stand before those words in humility, in honesty. And then change can take place. But we have to want the change. Jesus knows the perfect time of each situation. And He knew that in any, any other time coming, any other time sooner, this woman probably would not have been ready for a change. She's probably so entrenched and so combative in her dialogue with others. She's probably been on such a defense with other people that her heart became hardened. And we can see, like I said at the start of the conversation, how she kept coming back at Him. Tit for tat, tit for tat. But then something changed. And that's because of God's presence. Open your hearts. Truly desire change. Truly be disgusted with where you are and let it go. And allow God to fill you up with living water and live a new life, a resurrected life. Turn your back to the well of your passions. Turn the back to the well of your anger and all those other things. And make your procession of haste and joy to Shechem, to Seattle, call, wherever it is. Go and proclaim the good news. And that seems to be the real key of whether or not one has had a conversion of heart. Because as we notice through the Scriptures, when everyone has had an encounter with Christ, and there's been a change in them, they have always gone and told somebody. Even when Jesus says, don't do it, they've done it. And that's a sign of the authenticity of their conversion. Reflect on ourselves. Have we had an authentic conversion? Have we been sharing our story with others? Have we been allowing our Christian faith to be visible to the world? Now more than ever, we need the courage of the Samaritan woman. This courage to go all over and proclaim the good news of what God has done for us us personally, even if it means going to Nero and standing boldly before him and professing this truth. This woman would not have been capable of doing that before she went to the well of despair. But when she rose from that grave of the well, she rose a new woman and boldly professed Christ to the world. Let us die to our old self and rise again, new and invigored, and with new determination and new trust in God, and live boldly in these days. For now is the time for boldness. Now is the time to proclaim what God has done for us. Now is the time to bear witness before Nero and all the others. Fotini gave us this example, a model to follow, as well as Simon the Zealot, who we celebrate this day. Simon, tradition holds, was the one getting married at the wedding feast at Cana. and We have his icon up in the dome, you probably remember, and he's holding grapes as a remembrance of Jesus changing water into wine. He too had an encounter. He too became a zealot for the faith of Jesus. And he too would go to Africa and proclaim what Christ has done. And he too would be crucified as was his Savior. He had an encounter. And the sign of the antithesis. The authenticity of that encounter was he proclaimed what God had done, and we are called to do the same. So let us rise, turn our backs on the well of despair, and in haste go and tell the world what God has done for us. Christ is risen.